Wild women, welcome. This is the Femme Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm Jack, one half of the Femme Duo. Before you dive into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up. The Femme Podcast is on season number two. You're about to listen to an episode from season one, which was the Spiritual Smackdown podcast where we invited women to rise from rock bottom. So season one is all about the Spiritual Smackdown. Season two is all about rising from greatness to greatness. More on top of more on top of more. It's where we tap into everything your woman desires. The money, the sex, the wealth, the power, the pussy desires. Start here and then come join us for season two. We're waiting. It's like a little tap on the butt or a huge womp on the booty. A spiritual smackdown is the universe's way of saying, hey, you, it's time for a change. It's time to listen to your intuition. You know, that little voice you've been ignoring. It's time for something bigger, something miraculous. But before you get to experience those highs you got to shift through the lows. Oh, those lows. And those often start at rock bottom. Hey, I'm Rob. And I'm Jack. We're best friends and business partners. We life together, work together, play together. Basically all the things together. And somehow we ended up here. With a community of thousands of badass, beautiful women who want more from life than staying surface level. So we're going deep. This podcast is going to connect you with the woman who's been to rock bottom through the exact same thing that scares you the most. We'll address the fears that are keeping you stuck, the heartbreak you've never healed from, the broke ass months. Oh, I remember those. We're giving you all the resources you need to shift your life and business to rise so that you can finally start living a life you're wild about. So welcome to this space, a space to listen to those hard truths and learn from them. A space to connect with women who aren't pretending to have it all figured out. This is a space for women to finally understand and celebrate that rock bottom is often the very place to rise. So go ahead and fill your cup with coffee or wine and come get real with us as we spit our truth and get ready to rise. Hi guys, I'm Rob. I'm Jack and welcome to the Spiritual Smackdown podcast for the wild woman ready to rise. Guys, today we're talking to you about the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we make up in our heads that never serve us. Man, are you guys thinking right now of all the things that you say to yourself and sometimes you're wondering, where did that even come from? Where did that thought originate? And most times when we tell ourselves these stories, they are not even true. So if they're not true and If they don't even belong to us, where do these stories come from? Where do we start to learn these stories and where are they developed? And we've got a couple answers for you on this one because we have dove into this topic many times together as friends, as coworkers, as business coaches with our clients. So where do these stories come from, you guys? So many of these stories are ego-based. And what do I mean by that? So your ego is this little thing, literally a little speck of a thing that has a big impact on your soul, on your inspired action, and really on your comfort zone and the things you allow yourself to do and the actions you allow yourself to take. And your ego's job is to literally 
keep you safe and to keep you playing small. And your ego always wants you to feel like a master, always wants you to feel like an expert, never wants you to be embarrassed or feeling insecure. And you know that little thing that taps you on the shoulder and tries to refrain you from being vulnerable? Ego. Ego, ego, ego. Yeah, your ego's like that person in your life who is afraid of you growing, who's afraid of you stepping into your power, who is afraid of you outgrowing them. Right? And so your ego tells you all of these stories so that you'll literally never grow, that you'll literally never get started, and literally keep you small by helping you make up these stories about why you shouldn't begin or why you shouldn't say yes or why you shouldn't take a chance or take a risk. So your ego is really this major player that we all have to be super aware of because chances are your fears aren't actually the thing keeping you stuck. This podcast, for example, ego is what stopped us from getting started. I mean, I've been talking about this idea to you, Rob, and to other people for two years. She has. Two full years, same idea, same energy, same thoughts I want to put out into a podcast, but it's taking me two years for it to come to life because ego was in my way, because of the thoughts of, do I have enough to say? Who wants to listen to me? Do I have a big enough platform? Who would I interview? Will people want to come on my podcast? Right? And your ego is literally the one saying, who are you to do this? Who are you to start a podcast? Who are you to step into the world of female leadership? Who are you to talk about such vulnerable topics? Who are you to have an impact? Your ego is literally the one that takes any big idea or dream you have and squashes it. And it started off that way, and then it also then led into... All the other stories I told myself of why this podcast couldn't happen. I don't know how to work the fancy podcast machine that I <laughs> fucked up the first time we recorded. I, womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough time. I don't know how all the things work. Just all the stories that we tell ourselves that, I mean, we all know that we can figure it out. We are grown ass women who can figure it out when we get past the stories telling us that we can't. Totally. And I think this is an interesting point that you just brought up. Like, oftentimes, and I'm even going to be bold enough to say that most of the time, these stories that we tell ourselves aren't true. They're fictional. They are just things that are trying to keep us playing safe and keeping us comfortable. But sometimes the stories that we have, like the story that you had about not being able to work the tech stuff, you did fuck it up. You yeah. know, you didn't know how to work it, but the story you're telling yourself is that you can never learn, that you're not tech savvy enough, that you're not brilliant enough, that you're not trained, right? The falsity in that story is that what? how long did it take you to figure it out? One, 45 minutes. Yeah. After, literally. After I fucked it up one time, that mistake hasn't happened again, and here we are still recording getting it out there. Right. So the story is big enough to tell you, you can't get started. You don't know this. And the reality of that story is simply identifying the story as a lie and then being able to say, okay, actually, even if that story is true, I can learn. I can learn. I can grow. I can do big things. 
Right. Another example, I don't know why this just came to my mind, but like, I could never ask that guy on a date. He's like way too good for me. He's too handsome. He's too whatever. I'm too shy to ask that guy on a date. So the story there is that you're obviously not good enough or pretty enough or cool enough or whatever enough to ask that guy on a date. And you know what? He might say no. He may say no, but you do have it in you to ask that guy on a date. And the more comfortable you get putting yourself in that position and asking, the more times you have an opportunity to rewrite the ending to that story. Can you ask that guy on a date? Hell yeah, you can ask that guy on a date. Is he going to say yes every time? No. Are you brave enough to do it again? Yes. Are you capable of doing it again? Hell yes. Yes. Also, these stories, when you said they are about being shy, a lot of the stories come in from places that we don't even know, like our parents, our conditioning from childhood, what things our teachers told us. I am so aware of the word shy because my son tends to be shy, and I'm very aware of calling him shy in front of other people or giving him that excuse like, oh, he's just being shy because I don't want that to be a story that he buys into. Because it's easy, right? Some of the stories that a lot of the stories I think we carry around are not even our own. They're things that we've been told. They're things we've been conditioned in. They're things that our best friend feels and we take it on as our own story. Well, even that story about asking that guy on a date, that is a story that we've been taught through the structure of our society, through chivalry and The gentleman always asks the lady on the date. The lady would never ask the man on the date. You know, it's an old-fashioned story or fairy tale that we carry with us. And even something as silly and ridiculous as that can be enough of an ingrained story or belief that we carry with us from literally decades ago, like our grandparents' day and age, that has such an impact on us that we think it's our own story. We think it's our own. That's the thing. We actually embody it. We bring it into our bodies and our energy system believes it, like our mind believes it, but literally our body can react and believe it too. And I think that's why it's so hard for us to identify which stories actually belong to us. What do I actually believe is true in this case. And because we are so trained by society, by our parents, by friends, by education systems to believe one way, it's a lot of work to go deep and to really identify stories that you actually own as your own. I was talking about this with a client the other day, and she asked me, okay, now that I'm aware of this, how do I stop embodying those thoughts? And a practice that I use is I think of these thought bubbles, you know, like the cartoon thought bubbles, and they're like floating up in the sky across my head, and I see the thoughts. I see the thoughts up there floating, and I bring in and I hold on to the ones that I know are true for me, the ones that I want to believe. And everything else, all those other thoughts that don't belong to me, that belong to somebody else, or that are just like universal thoughts, they keep floating by me. Ooh, I, love I get that. to choose the thoughts that I bring in. And this is the other thing about thoughts is that, yes, some will come handed down from us from our parents or from teachers or best friends. Some thoughts are just universal thoughts. We do not own these thoughts. 
And I was at a Tony Robbins conference a couple of years ago. One thing he talks about is like your mind and he positions your mind like outside of your body. These thoughts do not belong to you. You do not own these thoughts. You get to choose which thoughts you own. I love that. I absolutely love that because, well, when I was just recently in Spain and I had literally made up dozens of stories in my head about things that were going on back home. So my husband, my youngest baby daughter and I went to Spain and we left our toddler at home with dear family and Jack and her kids. And for eight days, she bounced around and had the best time. And I had such a hard time leaving her. And I had so much anxiety that for the first five days of the trip, I legit couldn't even enjoy myself. I was like, burdened so heavily by all these stories I had made up in my head. Wave is missing us so much. Wave is having a hard time at daycare. Wave's not going to be sleeping properly because she's not in her own bed. Is Wave going to have an abandonment wound because her whole family's on this trip and she feels abandoned? Literally, is she going to be going to therapy for this in 20 years? And then Wynn got a cold while we were gone and we were in the hospital with pneumonia with her when she was seven weeks old. So then I made up this whole other set of stories about, oh my God, I shouldn't be traveling with a baby that has pneumonia. Um, She's going to get pneumonia. Guys, she didn't even have pneumonia. She had a runny nose, okay? Literally in my head was like, holy shit, she's got pneumonia. This is all spiraling out of control. And that is how I felt for five days. And this wasn't just like a couple thoughts that entered your head. It impacted your entire trip for five days you were consumed by these thoughts and this energy yeah and there I was in like the most romantic place without a toddler saying mama 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 every two minutes and my husband and I would literally be out and enjoying each other and constantly playing in the back of my mind were these stories and then finally after five days of this you messaged me and This is when I was able to step in and like ask you the questions that you weren't asking yourself. Are these stories true? If Wynne does get pneumonia, is that your fault? Did it happen because you're traveling? Would she have gotten pneumonia if you were at home? Guys, these questions that Jack asked me, literally, I remember the second I received this text, we were in the cutest bar drinking the most delicious cocktails. Wynne was asleep in her stroller and I got this text response from Jack. She was just like, whose stories are these? Does Wave have a great life? Yeah, she does. I think I said, does Wave have a fucking sweet life, actually, because she was with me. She was not, when I picked her up from daycare, she was not asking for mama. She was asking for my kids. She was eating popcorn. She was having, like, the time of her life. So, again, I'm like, you are making up stories. Is Wave loved? Is Wave loved? Yes. Are you kidding me? 
so I received the these answers to my desperate text of like, you have to fucking help me. I'm in Spain on this romantic trip. We hadn't even had sex yet. It was like... When she told me that, I was like, yeah, we need to fix these thoughts now. Yeah, because honestly, that's how powerful these stories are, right? They literally consume you. And like Jack said earlier, we embody them. How can I be sexy in my body and like get it on if I'm making up these stories that are feeding my body and my sexual energy with anxiety? It was ridiculous. It was honestly, I'm so, so annoyed with myself, but I also learned so much. You learned and it's going to be different the next time you travel. And the thing is, is you can say it's ridiculous now. It wasn't ridiculous in the moment. And even I said like, we got to fix this right now. It's not fixing it. It's actually working through it. It's actually processing it. It's actually asking yourself the questions. Is this story true? Is this story mine? Totally. And the great thing that you did for me was you actually asked me the specific questions. Like if you had just left it at, are these stories you're telling yourself actually true? I would have been like, yeah, they're fucking true. I ditched my daughter. My other daughter's sick. She did have pneumonia. I am a bad mom for leaving. I would have justified them to myself if you hadn't have actually helped me identify each particular story and like pulled it out of me. So in case you don't have a bestie who's asking you these questions, you can ask yourself these questions too. The reason why I am great at asking powerful questions is when I was going through my smackdown for sure, and I continue to do in my journal, is I ask myself questions, I write out a question, and I answer it for myself. That's what allows me to process the thoughts and, you know, really decide if they're true or not true. I need to do that. I don't do that. But so give me an example. Like, teach me. Okay, so for example, I leave for Bali tomorrow, you guys. I'm going to Bali. I'm giving myself a second chance (laughs) to ditch my toddler and to not make myself feel guilty about it. So tell me how I can work through these questions in my journal because I know they'll come up while I'm away. So it depends on what each story is. You literally have to take the specifics of that story and ask those questions. So like what I did for you, if my daughter gets pneumonia, is it my fault? You have to ask yourself the specifics, not just the, is it true? Ask the specifics of each scenario. Okay. Break it down. Break it down. Okay. Break it down because otherwise you're not really, you're just scratching the surface. You're not getting to the deeper rooted issue if you don't like bring in and pull in the specifics of it. Okay. So I could identify the broad story, first of all, and then ask myself questions like, is this my fault? Is this really how I feel? Is this something within my control? Am I bringing in somebody else's thoughts or worries or stories and making them my own? Be specific like, oh, is this something my husband thinks and that I'm now turning this into my own story? Is this something that my mom feels? And Again, because we're not talking in specific situation, I mean a bit more broad, but get specific. I think that is a big one for people, especially empaths or people that take on other people's emotions, people pleasers even, for example. If we're constantly putting ourselves in the shoes of other people and taking on these emotions, like I do, for example, it's really easy for 
people to accidentally affirm feelings that I have, and they may just do it in passing, you know, but they may affirm a feeling that I have, and then all of a sudden, I just magnify that and turn it into this huge story. I am just really realizing what a huge story maker up I am. If you guys have been following my personal IG, you know that I am obsessed with human design and one piece of human design is the emotions and the stories that you bring on from other people. And 50% of the population have emotion, open emotional centers where they literally feel other people's emotions. They feel their worries. They bring their stories in. And like you said, it's not even that you feel it. You amplify it. You magnify it. So you are not alone. I am sure there's listeners here because 50% of the population has this energy center open in their body. For sure. So it's not just you. Yeah, and something interesting about Jack and I, I have an open emotional center, so I do take on everyone's emotions big time. And a great specific example of that actually is right before I left on that trip, my best friend said to me, I said, I'm feeling so anxious about leaving Wave, but I'm really excited for this trip and it's going to be so great. And she focused on the anxiety piece and said, oh my God, I'm feeling so anxious for you. And I'm sure she said it totally innocently, but for me, that affirmed my anxiety and multiplied it by a fucking million. So I have to be so careful about what stories and what beliefs and thoughts actually belong to me, especially when it comes to sharing my work and being creative and all of those things, right? Like feedback I get from people on the internet all the time, judging me or critiquing me, or when I put work out there and it doesn't get the credit I believe it should, then the story I'm making up in my mind is it wasn't good enough. This didn't have any impact. No one read this. This isn't touching anyone. My work isn't having any sort of positive impact on the world. And how I love to flip this because this comes up all the time with our business clients too, in terms of the impact. What if it just impacted one person? What if that one person didn't message you and tell you how valuable she found your post today, but it changed her life? She showed up and said something, you know, reacted differently to her husband that night. She didn't react to her kid that day. It somehow impacted her. If you make an impact on one person, is it worth it to put yourself out there? Yes. I absolutely love that rewrite of that story. And I know that there are other women listening who do this to themselves. Oh, my picture didn't get 100 likes. Oh, I don't have 10,000 followers. Guys, I just want you to know that rewriting this story for me as a creative and as a storyteller has been such a huge game changer in my business because when you create from an inspired place, those stories don't even matter. You know, if I'm sharing something that is so aligned with my heart center and my purpose and my work, you know, not my like paying the bills work, but my soul work that I'm here to do on this earth in this lifetime. If I create from that place, then the number of likes, the number of people who buy my courses or the number of clients we book or whatever doesn't even matter. And this is where I love to think of the ripple effect too. Like let's use my sister for an example. When I launched my first online business, my 
whole goal was to impact one person and a very specific person. It was my sister. It happened and her life has changed so much. Her self-worth, her confidence, her relationship with herself, her relationship with her partner. And now she's going out and shining her bright light and living on purpose and really stepping into her power and leading other women. So if I was like, I only impacted her ever, and then she goes and impacts one person. And I mean, I know we're both impacting more people, but think of that domino effect, that ripple effect of just impacting that one person. So if your post gets 10 likes, but one of those 10 people takes something really valuable from that, worth it, worth breaking through that story of telling yourself you're not good enough or your voice doesn't matter or Or all the other bullshit things you tell yourself. No one's listening. No one even cares. Someone's already doing this. That's one of my favorite ones. Oh no, but there's already like a million women out there doing this. Fuck that, you guys. Is anyone doing it the way you will? Is anyone showing up the way you will? And in terms of your role as a woman, I think it is so important that you reaffirm yourself and rewrite that story you're telling yourself of your own self-worth. Am I worthy of my desires? Am I worthy of running a business that has an impact? Am I worthy of unconditional love? And really identifying, like doing the hard work, getting your journal out, like Jack said, and writing through and identifying each one of these little stories that are preventing you from living fully as the goddess you are destined to be, identifying those stories, calling them out, and rewriting your desired ending. And lots of these stories, like again, comes back to this piece, vulnerability. Lots of times, The reason why we're not putting ourselves out there or we're telling ourselves these stories is because we've gotten vulnerable and then we have that vulnerability hangover. And whether that's with a social media post you put out, whether it's like a conversation you have that you think maybe went a little too deep, then you start telling yourselves these stories like, let's go back to the day that we met and we shared all those truths that we we told you guys about in our bed. After that... I definitely told myself stories about what you were thinking and you were feeling because I had been so vulnerable with you. And so I told myself these stories that, oh my gosh, she is going to think I'm crazy. She is not going to want to be my friend. I just told myself like, you share things that you're not supposed to share. Yeah. And you guys, the funniest thing, I mean, I'm like sitting here laughing at Jacqueline because the funny thing is... After that conversation, I left and my side of the story goes something like this. We left. We had like the best first friend date you could ever possibly have. And then we exchanged phone numbers. And afterwards, I sent Jack a text. I remember sitting in the parking lot, sending this text message from my old school flip phone. Just so pumped to hear from you. And... Nothing, you guys. Flatline, fail, nada. This chick wanted nothing to do with me, and I was so disheartened. Like, there I had poured my entire heart out, life on the line, felt like I was practically in bed with my sole sister of all, and she didn't even text me back. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? You know, like, this girl thinks I'm crazy. And how funny is it that like, 
I mean, I would tell Robin she's a liar right now because I definitely text her and she didn't text me back. But we both have these stories and we both felt the exact same thing. We both were telling ourselves all of these stories that we were never going to be friends, that we had shared too much. Not true. Look at us now. That was 11 years ago. And yeah, and it's so funny because what actually happened was like, I wouldn't have texted you again. You know, there's no way I would have been... Never! Yeah. I definitely would not have texted you. Again. Yeah, I would have, like, left it at that and been like, okay, see ya, that was freaky enough. <laughs> you know, like, never doing that again. And we ran into each other a few days later, and I was like, oh, hey, like, why didn't you text me back? And she was like, oh, and I'm sure I didn't say, oh, hey, to an old friend, like, why didn't you just text me back? I think I was scared shitless, like, oh, fuck, here she comes, like, what do I say? You know, she never texted me back. You said to me oh, no, I texted you. You didn't text me back. And I mean, in that moment, obviously, we both felt so safe again and so secure and kind of reaffirmed in that feeling, the mutual feeling of, oh, no, okay, we really did hit it off and we're all good. But the stories... Well, if we hadn't have ran into each other that day, those stories that we were each telling ourselves would have changed, I mean, literally would have changed our life because we wouldn't have ever messaged each other again. It would have stopped us from having a friendship to a business partnership. We would not be here today if we like let those stories just run the show. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you guys... Let's leave you with a good understanding of how you can identify the stories that you might be telling yourself that really just aren't serving you. Yeah, because we definitely want you to walk away with like a tangible way to work through these stories that you're telling yourself, to rewrite these stories that you're telling yourself. And one of the practices that we give the women in the Femme Foundation is rewriting your stories, writing down those like beliefs that are holding you back. So identifying specific situations, like where is one situation in your life right now that you're telling yourself a story? What is one thing that you are not getting started on? Like this podcast for me, like where is one area you're holding back because of a story you're telling yourself? And I love that you just brought this up actually, because in the spirit world and in the self-help and self-care world, we hear a lot of people talking these days about limiting beliefs and blocks and things that are keeping us stuck. And stories are blocks. These stories that we're creating that literally turn into huge novels and gigantic narratives in our mind are huge blocks that will keep us stuck and spinning in one belief system for as long as it takes us to identify that that thing isn't true. And not until we identify what a story is actually telling us is true about our lives, can we rewrite the ending. And this is so good because this is, again, back to the Femme Foundation. I'm thinking of Kim specifically because she's done this course with us about three times. Each Mm -hmm. time you break through one story, like more stories come in because we have more thoughts and more stories than just one that we're bringing in, but then you have the tools. So I specifically remember Kim writing me this message on the third round and she was like, I'm so excited to dive in because I've worked through these other stories I've been telling myself. I've worked through these limiting beliefs. So now I'm excited to see like what I get to work through next. In my own life, I'm also thinking about my husband. I work through one story I'm telling myself in my relationship and then 
I discover another story. And then I work through that and I discover another story. And it's so funny that half of the things we are living almost seem to be sort of made up. Made up. And I think that's part of this spiritual path that we're on, this journey that we're walking together. It's giving ourselves and giving you guys the tools to navigate this journey. So it's knowing that the work is never done. Mm -hmm. You're never going to not have these stories come in your head. You're never going to be like always perfect and ask yourself, is this 100% true? Is this my story? But you're going to have the tools to navigate through it. And what happens when we allow ourselves to get clear on those things, when we allow ourselves to get clear on what the problem is, what the story is, what the belief, the pattern, the thought is that is keeping us playing small, that's when we can do that work, right? That's when we can actually go deep. That's when we can get clear on what we actually want, who we actually want to be, what our own desires are, because that's another thing that we haven't even talked about, but Stories are one thing. Desires are a whole other ballgame, right? Like half of the things you desire, you probably desire because somewhere along the way, someone told you that's what you should want. You should want a high paying corporate job. You should want a handsome husband, the white picket fence, three healthy children, and a dog at home. You should want a three week vacation every year. And by the way, you're lucky if you get that third week, you know, like we tend to create this perfect life or this ideal situation for ourselves that doesn't even necessarily come from our own heart. Oh, the shoulds. You know how much I hate the shoulds. I know how much you hate the shoulds. I mean, you taught me to hate the shoulds. Because they hold us back from so much. They keep us in that energy, just like stories do, of playing small, those are also tactics from the ego. Yeah. That ego we talked about in the beginning loves the shoulds. I don't love the shoulds. And I'm like really proud to say this, but I'm also at a place in my life where I don't need the stories. You know, I don't need those stories telling me who to be today. I don't need those stories telling me that I can't leave my daughter and go on vacation for two weeks. I don't need the stories telling me I can't be bold and brave in my business. And I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode that you're tired of telling yourself those same stories over and over and over again too. So let's bring it back to those questions that you can ask yourself to really work through these stories and write these questions down, guys. We'll, we'll include them in the podcast notes. Start off with one situation that you're telling yourself a story right now identify it. Call it out. Call that story out. And honestly, do not be afraid to get specific. Get specific. Identify it. Ask yourself, is this story true? Is it your fault? Is it actually even in your control? Does it even belong to you? Is it even your story? And to take it one step further, really powerful, how can you flip the story you're telling yourself? For example, with Robin and Wave, like the questions she was asking herself, how's that flipped? Wave is having a great time. How can you flip that story you're telling yourself will help you gain power over the story in this situation? Rewriting your story is one of the strongest and most powerful ways you can step into the throne of a goddess and choose to live your life the way 
that you really want to. And just like Jack said, owning your story and rewriting the ending will give you power in your everyday. So you guys, if you're wanting to dive deeper into your stories, if you're really wanting to learn how to rewrite the endings and to identify those blocks, self-limiting beliefs, and ugly stories that are keeping you stuck, join us for the Femme Foundation the waitlist is now open and we'll be starting the Femme Foundation in September. So get on that waitlist, learn more about how we can help you rewrite your story to continue to sit in the throne of the goddess. As always, guys, if you love this episode, if you know it's going to help some other badass women in your life, please share it. Share it on the socials and tag for the Wild Femme. We will reshare Hit subscribe so that you get notifications each and every week when new episodes launch. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us today. There really is nothing better than bringing a group of grown-ass women together. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and come get real with us every week as we spit our truths and get ready to rise. And if you know other women down to get real, please do us a favor and share this episode on the socials. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at For the Wild Femme so we can give you a shout out. Instagram is definitely our favorite place to hang, so come join the combo there. And we'll see you back here each and every Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Get ready to rise.